0: If you want to be very fruitful, sow God's Word broadly, don't miser it out, you know, but give it to people. You say, not everybody wants it, that's what Jesus is saying, one out of four, maybe. And I don't think he means for us to take it as, you know, math, but there were four types of soil, and only one that bore fruit, but he didn't let that bother him. He said, the sower went out to sow, okay? And he sowed, and I tell you, if you want to reap broadly, you got to sow broadly. And secondly, on that thought, sow God's Word. He says, the Word is the seed. The seed is the Word.
1: Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott brings part one of a message titled, Teaching in Parables. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started.
0: In fact, all four people in the parable heard the word of God. Verse 19, he he explains it. Uh, If you weren't here, verses 1 through 8, or really 3 through 8, is when he gave the parable, he just told the story. A guy went out and sowed. But that doesn't tell you anything, really. Then he gives the interpretation of what happened, and he says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and you'll notice... Verse 19, they hear the word. Verse 20, one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky soil, this is the man who hears the word. So in each case, he'll say it four times. There are four people and they all hear the word. So everyone in this room hears God's word today. But the question is, do you hear it? And listen to what he says, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. There is hard soil where the seed just bounces and the seeds laying there and the birds come and steal it away. And the birds are a reference to, he says, the evil one. Then verse 20, the one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and receives, the, receives it with joy immediately, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Uh, there's no real root in that soil, the rocky soil. We talked about it. There's lots of soil like that in Israel. Jesus could almost point to it, I'm sure, because you almost just dust the bedrock off at times to create a threshing floor. Uh, it's a rocky, rocky soil over there. And some of it is just like bedrock almost, and it's just a thin layer of dirt. It's like dirt on your driveway or something. It might Something might sprout up, but it's not going to thrive and bear any fruit. And he says, there are those who hear the word, they get excited, but they don't really have any root. And then there's thorny soil, verse 22. The one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Boy, a lot of people in Portland, maybe you, have heard the word Your business and your career and the kids and this and that and the next thing. The busyness of life just chokes it out. And the deceitfulness of the more we have. We live in the highest standard of living of all time. The deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And it's easy to not be interested in God's word when there's a hundred other things to do, you know. So then he says, however, the good soil, verse 23, the one on whom the seed was sown on the good ground, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This is the man, the woman, who hears God's word, sinks roots down into God's word, uh, so to speak, into the soil, the the seed does, and there is fruit. And always in Jesus' teaching, the evidence of real life is fruit. Glance back with me, turn back to chapter 7, uh, verse 16, in his most famous sermon, He said, You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, are they? Nor figs from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Jesus said this repeatedly. And I'll just say this. When you hear God's word, if it takes root, if you are born again, if you are humble and hear God's word and respond, not only does it change you from the inside out, but your roots go into Him in such a way that you will bear fruit. And that's how we see the evidence of life. You're not saved by your good works or your changed life, but Good works and a changed life are the inevitable result of relationship with him. So uh, I just review that because... And then there are Christians who bear 30-fold, 60-fold, notice, and 100-fold. Why is that? Well, because some spend more time with him and... uh, you know, there's all kinds of principles in the New Testament that teach us how to grow and bear more fruit. So I just encourage you, uh, you can seek to be a fruitful Christian if you know Jesus Christ, and you can ask him to make you fruitful 30, 60, 100-fold. And that's what Jesus said. Now, before I leave that, uh, let me just give a couple of thoughts, and then we'll move on to the next one because they're tied together in this passage Uh, First of all, there's not a difference, really, in the soils by nature. Okay? Dirt is dirt. What are we made of? He took some dirt and made Adam. You know, and the scientists tell us they can reduce us down to chemicals. But God breathed the breath of life into Adam. He became a living soul. And every human being has the capacity within you. Even if you haven't been born again, you know there's something more to life than just eating and drinking. And that capacity is for God. And if you will respond to him, he'll draw you into relationship with it. But what I'm after here is that don't start to think if you've heard his word and you've responded, don't start to think of yourself as better soil somehow than those who aren't hearing. Uh, The difference isn't in the nature of the soil, it's in the response and the preparation or condition of the soil. Uh, Secondly, notice before we leave that, the responsibility of sowing the word. Sowing the word. If you want to reap broadly, and we don't even use that language much, you know, because we're in the city, but... We know. We understand it. You sow, and then you reap. You plant some corn kernels, and you get bunches of corn. If you want a big crop, if you want to be very fruitful, sow God's word broadly. Don't miser it out, you know. But give it to people. You say not everybody wants it. That's what Jesus is saying. One out of four, maybe. And I don't think he means for us to take it as, you know, math, but there were four types of soil and only one that bore fruit. But he didn't let that bother him. He said, the sower went out to sow, okay? And he sowed. And I tell you, if you want to reap broadly, you got to sow broadly. And secondly, on that thought, sow God's word. He says, the word is the seed. The seed is the word, don't, uh, if you're not sowing the word, don't bother sowing. There are many today, sadly, standing in pulpits, who desiring to draw a crowd don't really give out the word eh, because they have found that people don't always want to hear the word. But I'm telling you, uh, whether you stand in a pulpit, and most of us don't, But when you're talking to your neighbor, when you're talking to your client, when you're talking to the guy in the next cubicle in your office, you know, or on the next floor, uh, whatever the opportunity, give out God's word. Don't be discouraged if not everybody hears it. The Lord just said that's the way it'll be. I look at Paul, and Paul was such a bold proclaimer of God's word that marvelous text in Acts 17 where he spoke right in downtown, you know, I mean, right in Athens, the seed plot of all the ideas of his culture in Athens, Greece, and they were, you know, all the intellectuals were there and the PhDs, and he proclaimed Jesus and the resurrection. And we're specifically told, I won't take the time to go look at it, but you can, at the end of chapter 17 of Acts, it says that some sneered. They just sneered. And some will. When they heard of the resurrection, they just sneered. Others said, huh, we'll hear you again concerning this. And some believed and joined him. Three responses that I have seen time after time. There are many who sneer. There are some who say, that's interesting. I'll hear you again. And uh, there are some who say, wow, this is what I've been waiting to hear. This is what I need. I was talking to a guy, and I remember at first I thought he was going to be a sneerer because he was well-educated and very successful. And he said, I've got some issues with what you're saying. And I'm used to that. And I said, well, what are they? And he told me. And I said, okay. But I said, and I just kept telling him about the Lord, and he was interested, and he kept listening. He kind of moved from the first category, you might say, sneering right into that, I'd like to hear more about this. And actually, he came back to me, and he said, could we talk further? And I said, sure. We got together, and on our second appointment, he brought that issue up again. He said, I still struggle. And I said, yeah, I know. And I didn't even feel the need to defend God's word against his issues. I just let him air them. And then he told me after we'd talked maybe 20 minutes, he said, I want what you have. He said, I want to, I want to give my life to Christ. And I, was, I just said, that's great. And, uh, you know, you, you, you sow broadly and you'll reap broadly. Now today, verse 24, he presented another parable to them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares or weeds that looked like wheat among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Do you want us to, to then go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you're gathering up the tares, you may root up the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Well, now he just tells a story. They were familiar with this. You sow good seed, but then in the crop, weeds start popping up too. And you can't really tell it apart, but you think, should we go in there and try to clean it up and get it all? And the guy says, no, you try to tear them out, you'll you'll ruin the crop. At the harvest time, it'll be evident. So he tells the story. Now what I'm going to do is skip verses 31 through 35. We'll come back and get those next week. But uh, what I want to do is jump right to his interpretation, because this is a second one that Jesus interprets for us. So we can go down... To verse 36, Then he left the multitudes and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Explain that one, Lord. So they came and asked in private, and he explained. Verse 37, He answered and said, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. By the way, I'm up here talking today. I'm sowing seed. I'm proclaiming God's word. But really, it's not me. The one who spreads his word, he uses us. But the one who sows the seed is Christ himself. Notice he says, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. That's his favorite title for himself. And so when you and I have opportunity as we do, to talk to people around us in our lives about Christ. We're the tool, but the one who's really at work is the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself. He's the sower of the seed, even though all of us can and should sow the seed. It's that partnership that the Bible's always talking about. You and I live the Christian life, but it's really Christ in us. So anyway, I just point that out. Then the the field, Jesus goes on, verse 38 the field is the world. It is a little story about his field. He said the field corresponds to the parable, you know, to ballow, to throw beside. He says the field is the world, as in planet Earth. Everywhere today, God's word is going out. And we've been telling you about the Romans project that, came forth from this class. it's exciting what's happening in other parts of the world right now, but not just through this ministry but so many different ministries God's word is going out. So the field is the world, and as for the good seed, I mean Jesus takes every detail here and tells us, as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. and the tares, the wheat weed, weeds. That look like wheat, but aren't. The tares are the sons of the evil one. By the way, you're either one or the other. You're either a child of God or a child of the evil one. There's a sentimentality that I hear even among Christians where people say, hey, we're all sons of God. No, we're not. We're all, in fact, we were born children of Adam, children of Jesus said in John 8, they said, well, we're children of Abraham. And he said, hey, if you were children of Abraham, you'd do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you're trying to kill me. And he said, I'll tell you what, John 8, 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil. Oh, man, they hated to hear that. And people still do. But I'm telling you. You are either a child of God, and that happens through new birth in faith in Jesus Christ. You're born again into his family, or you and I, we were born wrong. We need to be born again. If you're not a child of God, he says here, a child of the evil one. Uh, I would give you a couple passages there, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. I won't take the time to go there. But he says, we're children of wrath by nature. All of us. I mean, we don't have to teach our kids to be selfish, do we? They take after us. I mean, there's this issue that Jesus is always presenting. And then he says, verse 39, The enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Uh, he just point blank tells us every detail. And then he says this, verse 40, Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The sons of Man, the Son of Man, excuse me, Jesus, will send forth his angels. By the way, Jesus isn't an angel. The angels are his servants. He's God. He will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Do you hear me? He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus repeats this quite often. Now let me underline a few truths before we just hear it and walk on. Um, During this age, notice verse 39, he speaks of the end of the age. This world we live in doesn't just go on forever and ever. There are those who say we're just kind of a cycle and another cycle, recycling, you know, just re- you'll come back as something else, you'll reincarnate, and it's just kind of an endless recycling. No, no. Uh-uh. history had a beginning. My Bible starts in the beginning. God created. And this age will come to an end, and until it comes to an end, notice what he's teaching here, there will be a mixed condition. During this age, the world will contain both good grain <laughs> and stuff that looks like grain but isn't, wheat and tares. I say we should not try to root out the evil. It's not our task, he said, no, no, you'll ruin the crop. It's not our task to root out the evil. And uh, it's, it's impossible. You really can't do it, and you do damage when you try to do that. So I think we ought to learn that. But at the end of the age, the Son of Man will. Uh, the Son of Man will distinguish. And when I say we should not try, uh, I've, you know, he didn't come to judge, but he's going to judge. Okay? And it's not that we don't have discernment and we ought not to have civil government, for instance, and deal with wrongdoers and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that. We will not change the mixed condition of the age until the end of the age, and that's when it will change, and the Son of Man will come, and He will distinguish, and His tool will be the angels. He will send forth His angels to gather out of His kingdom all the stumbling blocks. When Christ makes the world His field, His kingdom, He will clean it out, okay? And there will be A rooting out of evil. And then, verse 42, the awful judgment of weeping and gnashing of teeth, outer darkness. Don't kid yourself about hell. Our culture has scorned hell to where it's basically just a word we use to punctuate stuff, you know, but it's real. And don't think. Like I hear people say, well, if I go to hell, I'll have a lot of company. No, there will be no camaraderie in hell. It's utter loneliness, utter darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Revelation 20, the end of the Bible, closes with, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. But believers, verse 43 The righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. We will be on display forever as trophies of God's grace. Ephesians 2.7 says that right in that context that he saves us by his grace and we will be on display. If God can save me, he can save anyone, and this will be the glory of God's grace that he saved us. And so as we go out sowing the seed, people hear, they believe, and they are transformed by the grace of God. You can't save yourself. He does the saving.
1: You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Teaching in Parables. The message from our study of the Gospel of Matthew. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide App. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the Sermon Library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app. Did you know Abide in the Word is available every day on Facebook? Well, right along with our daily podcast on iTunes and Google Play, our daily messages are posted to Facebook as well. You can find them at facebook.com slash abide in the word. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast.
0: If you look for a perfect church, you'll never find one, you know, uh, but... The world is a mixed bag, and even the outward expression of the church is a mixed bag. And that's what Jesus has been teaching. The wheat and the tares are going to grow together. There's going to be this mixed condition. And uh, it seems to me that this teaching, this parable, gives us a parable that keeps us from discouragement because we've been told ahead of time there's going to be the tares with the wheat, there's going to be the leaven in the meal, there's going to be the goats with the sheep. Uh, The Bible doesn't shy away from that. But there will be a discerning day, a judgment day, a dividing day, and the Lord is in charge of that.
1: Join us again next time as we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott will bring part two of a message titled Teaching in Parables. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.